Hi, this is Mark. This is what happened last time. The bartender at the Watery Mink told the party that the elven stone faces, which they'd seen in the tunnels beneath Wood's End, are supposedly a good omen. They all made their way across the river to Finisligum, the affluent side of town, and Lucan attempted to pose as a replacement for the driver of Miles Valin, Merck's uncle, a man they believed to be enchanted by Asher Wolnir. The old captain saw through the deception, however, and the Champion of Light was imprisoned within the keep. Meanwhile, Hulg posed as a servant at the Winegarner party. He found the bourbon casks Cody Stamper wanted and dropped them in the river. Relot, Merck, and Zan teleported to the keep and freed Lucan, and the four of them confronted Miles Valin, removing the curse and making him an ally to their cause. Together, they traveled to the masquerade, with the exception of Merck, who feared detection if he were to attend. At the party, Zan was able to remove another curse on an old man named Willoughby Weingarner, the ranking keeper in town. As he left the party, he told her to find him at the keeper's temple. Meanwhile, at the river's edge, Merck was attacked by a flail-wielding gnome who called himself Pinren, the last pinnery. Magically disadvantaged and battered in the fight, Merck was forced to retreat into the water. Washed up on shore, he was found by two Kildrakin as they received Holg's casks from the river. Everyone reconvened at the watery make, and they all descended into the tunnels for the night. Along the way, they once again found a lit passage to the elven stone faces. You step into the warmth of Kildrakin Tavern, this space under under the ground that is sort of hidden by a labyrinth of hallways that seem to always go left. Hulg, you're still thinking about those elven faces, but you know everybody had sort of discussed that Merc needs a little bit of rest. Everybody's just kind of ready to call it a night. Sagatha and Dinner obviously been with you and kind of escorting you down, and they grab a couple of drinks and find a spot at a table in the corner seems to be their spot cody stamper comes in not long after he stops and talks briefly to the two kind of checks in with them you know they had taken those casks first and sort of slipped them behind the bar he's very excited and sort of pulls out this little box of cigars and he pulls one out and offers it to the group i knocked the box out of his hands what, you getting excited over a little whiskey? Is that all it takes? I mean, I was going to politely decline, but <laughs> that works too. Way to go, Merc. He kind of looks squint-eyed at you and says, What's the problem, Wilnir? First off, the name's Mercenary. Don't forget it. I'm not a Wilnir. Second, there's a lot more work to get done before we can even think about celebrating you're excited about whiskey. Are you happy? You had me over the barrel. Now twice. Are you excited? How about showing me a little bit of good faith? You don't drink that whiskey until we're done. Again, he's just kind of looking at you and he says, so did you get any information from your party? I didn't go. I got ambushed. Guess what? You're top of the list for telling that guy where to find me. So somebody ambushed you up top. 
I think this is probably the place to be. Seems like a pretty safe haven for you. I would probably relax myself if I were you. And then he takes a cigar out of his pocket, separate from the ones that he had been handing out, and he holds it out for you. I just stare at him for a bit. He offers it to Hulk instead. Uh, thanks. Um, take it cautiously and kind of look at Merc. I stare at Cody some more. Get this man what he wants to drink. Bartender looks at you. Can we get you a drink? You seem like you could unwind a little tonight. No. Fair enough. Or a couple of drinks for each other. Cody says, well, we're going to be over here having a couple of drinks. If you would like to get a little bit of rest, feel free to do so. I'm hoping maybe we're a little more cordial tomorrow. And maybe that's it. Maybe he just needs a nap. They kind of hunker down over there by the bar, have a couple of drinks. Bartender's name is Peleus. He was the kind of scruffy looking guy that Zan had had a little conversation with over breakfast. The two high orcs, Sagatha and Dinner, have a couple of drinks and then they sort of wander off and go wherever it is they go. Other than the two at the bar who are just kind of having conversation and doing a few shots and that kind of thing, you're more or less left alone in the tavern there. Again, nice warm place, bare skins, kind of these sort of overstuffed furniture. And, you know, I imagine people are probably going to kind of call it a night. Is anything specific anybody wants to do? Lucan's just going to call it a night. Lucan rolls over and curls up on one of the couches. Zan's going to speak with Merc for a second after that tension up there. So are we not trusting this guy anymore? You think he sold you out? Let's be honest. If he sold me out, the whole town would have been down on me. Then why do you think he sent this person after you to attack you? Cody and I never saw eye to eye. He's got too much and he's just loading this over me. He's finally got the upper hand, trying to save the town from itself. I can't even get anybody to help me. I don't see how he's lording this over you. He's allowing us to stay here free of detection. And all we had to do was get Hulk to steal some stuff for him from rich people. I don't understand why that's a problem. What is he lording over you? Maybe I'm just being sensitive. But I will say this. He definitely didn't need that whiskey. And he was offered plenty of other services in exchange. All right. He doesn't have you being involved with it. You were nowhere near the casks. Any evidence is going to point towards a high orc that was in the catering party. It's not you. They can't say, oh, Lucius Wolnir was involved. They'll be like, who? That guy who's dead? I mean... What is he going to be able to tie you to it as? No, but then he's going to tie a Hulk to it. That could be a problem. Yes, I'm not saying that's not a separate problem, but so far, if they wanted to sell us out, they would have done it already. And I don't see him tying you to anything that's happened here. He's just keeping us safe. And I know a bit about your history already. The bartender told me as much as he knew about what you and Cody have going on here, but... There's far too much at stake. You both need to get over yourselves. I'd rather not use his services. I just don't see a way not to at this point. If you have another place for us to be, I'm open to suggestions. No, not with those bounty hunters wandering the street. Either he got lucky or he somehow knew where I was going to be. Well, your brother has been watching you, I'm assuming. He'll know what you look like. He'll know where you are. You're not being blocked by scrying spells or location spells. Asher's been sending bounty hunters after you for weeks now. 
Well, I have to imagine he knows you're in town. The last bounty hunter had a way to track me. And who do you think gave him that option? But we have it now. So how did that gnome track me? Unless there was another stone. And then how are they making these stones? I don't know. I've never heard of anything like that before. Maybe I'm putting too much pressure on this. On what? On the town saving itself. It never seemed interested in before. Why should it care now? Tell me, was my father there? He breathes in deep and sighs and then nods. He wasn't cursed, correct? She'll kind of look a little sad to you and just shake her head no. I'm not surprised by that. As far as we can tell, only the leader of the Keeper's Temple here was. I cleansed him and spoke with him for a moment. He told me to find him at the temple and we would discuss further. That's at least a start, isn't it? Yes. And if we can get the Silver Swords cleansed, which my uncle will be working on, that will be a good start as well. You and Miles, tell us what you need from us. We're following your lead here. I'd feel better if there was a couple of people I could check on, but uh, we were told to stay away from the light bearers. I think that would be true. One of the light bearers was there. An older woman who was in charge of some sort of inquisition group here. This woman would be my age. The one that I'm concerned about. I didn't see a light bearer of your age. Who is this? My twin sister, Lucia. Do you know where she would be? No. When I left, she hadn't officially joined the light bearers. I had your brother look up the list. Her name was on the list when we were in Wissadom. Feridwin's list? No, the light bearers. Here in Woods End, I had them look. Oh, they were assigned. Right. I remember you asking for that. I didn't know why, but I mean, it's good to know at least. Is there anywhere she would be that I could try to look for her as Onyx if you want me to? I don't know where she would be. I've had less contact with her than Tatter. She'd probably hate me for that. Do you think she would be corrupted as well? I don't know. She might be too far down the list. Other than Tedder, she was the one I got along with the best. It's also very likely that he would have decrupted her just to mess with me at this point. I mean, if there's a way I can find her, I can try. Can we see if she's being affected? I can try to save her from the corruption if possible, but I guess my real question is, would she have the personality to follow Asher on her own without the influence? The way that you say your father would. No, I don't think she would. Her and I were easy prey for him. Well, then I would hold out hope that she is either too low in the rank to be affected by what Asher's doing, or if he has corrupted her, we can save her the way we have everyone else. And then it's just another ally. Yeah, that would be nice. All right. If you think this is as safe as we can be, we'll stay here for the evening at least, but we can try to look for something more permanent tomorrow, perhaps? Maybe I'm just letting my past with Cody cloud my judgment. She just nods to that, and then she'll go over to the bar with Cody and the bartender and sit with them for a bit. When you get over there, it's very pungent <laughs> with cigar smoke and sweat. She kind of waves the smoke away from her face. She's not a smoker at all. 
at this point, somebody has collected the cigars for him, you know, and he's got them sort of on the bar in front of him. You see him ready to reach and sort of offer you one and he can tell and he sort of stops. Yeah, she's like, and, no, 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 no. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's like he doesn't quite get the offer off. He's like, oh, oh, never mind. I see it. She will try a little of the whiskey, though. Hulk went to a lot of trouble to get it. It sounds amazing. So she'll try it. What's funny is they're not actually drinking that, but when you bring it up, they have one tap that they mm. had dealt with before, and so they're more than happy to slide you a short glass of it. And it's not typically your thing, but it's a pretty smooth, there's just notes to it, you know, different mm. levels of things that it's a definitely something you would want to sip. It's really pretty nice. Just kind of warms you all over. Yeah, she'll just slow sip it and have a conversation with either of them if they're saying anything important, otherwise she'll just listen. They're telling each other jokes when you come up and Cody does say, you know, he's got this dark hair, but the white beard, pretty sharp eyes and this cloak of feathers and fur. So how'd you end up traveling with this grumpy old man over there? Oh, mercenary? Smiles. And says, yeah, the mercenary. I don't think he's that old, but I suppose. And yeah, she'll regale him with a very succinct version of the history of seeing him and Relop get kidnapped in Princeholm, rescuing him, very quick recap of Night's Day and the preceding time afterwards, and then that we were in Pyrian lands for a bit and are making our way back over here to do some work in town. She's not going to say specifically what's going on here, but sure. she'll, uh, she'll kind of you know make vague assumptions about things. He seems to like the idea of Fire's heart. You know, he kind of wants to know what you are willing to tell him, like if there are contacts that you have made. If This is a smuggler, and so that sure. intrigues him a little bit. And so he's kind of asking you who your friends are. I don't know <laughs> if that leads you to drop any names on it, but no. that's kind of the impression you get. He's really sort of interested in the idea that maybe you could connect him with somebody out there. She's not going to get any contacts for, like, the local stuff, but she would... For Fire's Heart, she would mention Caliban, probably. He was a kind of a smuggler type character mm -hmm. that she met. And she would mention his bardo and that he traveled around and was involved in some vampire type situations. Sure. You bring up Caliban. He's got this sort of intense stare. And as he's sort of boring into you and you're telling this story, you recognize out of the corner of your eye that this sort of perpetual bartender, Peleus, it's real slight. Mm -hmm. But you see this sort of look and Cody, his eyes just move up for a second at, at Peleus. She'll look and between you, the both of them going, okay, is someone you know? Caliban's a, an old friend. Vampires, you say? Yes. Is he well? The last I saw of him, yes. Was he headed east? He mentioned something about dropping off a package near the mountain ranges, and then he was going to head back east, I believe. Since you're in Fire's Heart, I have to say that's probably the Green Mountains. Something like that. Again, they kind of look at each other, and they kind of look over at the table where Sagatha and Dinner usually sit. They're not there. They had wandered off somewhere. And they look at each other again and just, hmm. Well, if you see Caliban, tell him we miss him. I can do that. Is he part of your group? Loosely. He's an associate. He's a friend. Yeah, a friend. <laughs> of course. She just kind of nod and keeps slow sipping the whiskey, just going along with whatever they're saying, knowing that there's definitely layers to that. 
So yeah, it was a little bit of a uh, small talk about interest in the idea. So you grew up in Prince Hall. They want to know a little bit of background on you. And so I guess the question would be how much you wanted to tell them. Uh, that kind of depends on what they're asking, but she'll give them base information, knowledge, and nobility, knowing that Cody was also came from a nobility and decided to leave it to come do the thing that he's doing and that that's what he and Lucius have in common. As far as that goes, he doesn't let a lot, you know, he's he, he does a lot more asking questions than he does answering them. Sure. And, you know, in a lot of situations, that's probably actually a good thing, mm-hmm. but that's the impression you get. She's, again, going to give basic knowledge. She's not going to go too in-depth with everything. She's not telling him everything. She's just telling him the basic story, fast version. So a couple of drinks in, you know, and, and he's drinking fast, right? So we're not saying a couple of drinks <laughs> into you. But like he's... No, he, he's drinking slow. <laughs> he, he shoots a lot of his drinks. And he says, you know, I just realized hmm. you're a family of the owl. That's your crest, right? You're saying, and he's, he's clearly a little bit inebriated at this point. <laughs> Slurring um, a little bit. Burr. Are you still wearing the, the bounty hunter outfit? Yeah, minus the helmet, but she's still wearing the breastplate and just the purple duster that she got in Firestar. Okay. So you're the family of the owls. Your color is purple. And he's sort of this drunken big beast of a man sort of pulls his cloak off, which is owlbear, and it's got a little bit of a purple tinge to it. And then it's got sort of feathers largely towards the top and then fur lower. And he sort of wraps you in his cloak. He says, you'd be wearing this one. Oh, I couldn't take this from you. I I have one myself. Thank thank you, though. And she'll kind of pull it off of her shoulders and start handing it back to him. No, no, it's it it seems appropriate. No, I why? I mean, I suppose. Thank you. Thank you, I guess. You you get it, right? He looks to Peleus and he says, you get it. It's, it's, her, her family family is purple. Her, her crest is an owl. Purple owl bear. Peleus is like, seems legit to me. All right. Thank, thank you. She's being very awkward about the whole situation. <laughs> she doesn't really want it. She's kind of like, oh, okay, nice. Thank you. And she'll hang <laughs> it on the chair. Like on the chair that she's sitting on, she'll just hang it from there. Sure. And leave it there. All right. Yeah, at this point, he's definitely had enough to drink to where it's just sort of becoming almost silly. She'll finish what she's drinking and politely excuse herself. We'll be here if you need us. She'll kind of wave at him and make her way back to the group. All right. Lucan's sleeping. Merc, are you sleeping at this point? No. And I would wait for her to come back and I'll be like, you might want to check yourself for fleas after that cloak. Yeah, I don't intend to keep this <laughs> so just kind of put it fold it nicely and put it off to the side and kind of leave it there hmm. although it does give me an idea she'll reach over and grab the cloak and slowly hand it to you I mean I need to figure out a way to dye my beard white I could be Cody Stamper for a day I'm going to look at Cody and look back at Merc do they look similar no not really I mean Cody Stamper has long hair I mean so you'd have to do something about that probably in addition to the beard. I mean, they're both big guys, but Cody is a little on the heavier side. You know, he carries his weight and Merck's a little bit more sort of muscular. I mean, it's not entirely separate, but like that's the difference. She'll just kind of shrug to herself. I mean, I suppose. What is Cody wearing for armor or anything of that nature? He actually seems to wear leather armor. Well, I'll look into that. 
and Zane will go to sleep and be awake for whatever her last watch is normally. All right, Hulk, what have you been doing? You, you've been sleeping, or? Yeah, I think after the uh, the excitement and the awkwardness of coming back here, I think it's in my best interest to not stir anything up at the moment. Get some rest. Most of you kind of stir in the middle of the night. I'm going to kind of think that Lucan doesn't. He's sleeping like a baby. But everybody else, do you sort of startle for a second? And when you wake up, there's this warm hearth next to you and you're on this comfortable couch let yourself go back to sleep after that but in the morning other than the fact that again Peleus is cooking something in this case it smells like he's sort of frying some ham and scrambling some eggs probably wouldn't know that it's morning because you're underground so morning comes everybody starts to stir at different times and again the only Kilderkin awake seems to be Peleus, like, I don't know when this guy sleeps, right? Because he's up drinking late with Cody. But you do see a couple other people sleeping in different spots. The bard, who you, you hadn't even seen, this bard that had tormented Merc before, his name was Sirak. He's like curled up next to one of the couches. He just sort of found his way into your area and he's like sleeping among you at this point. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> I am actually going to get up and I'm going to go over and lay down by Lucan instead. Okay. <laughs> Lucan spoons hold. still sleeping. <laughs> I'll right. let myself relax in the warmth. Merc sees Hulk curled up with Lucan and just goes, I suppose it was just a matter of time. I'll go up and ask for some bread from Peleus and just let it be in the morning. So did you get some sleep? Not really. Well, sleep's overrated. You seem to agree with that. Too much life to live, right? I guess that's one way to look at it. What I see is a Gordian knot that I can't figure out how to set free without just cutting it apart. And that's the only thing I know how to do is cut things. You are a serious person, Mr. Mercenary. You know, this whole town is in trouble. Nock is here in your church, taking everything over. And I can't even convince anybody that whiskey's not important. It's a good thing I don't go to church. Kind of puts a plate of food in front of you. I'm sure there's toast or something. He'll take the toast off it. Give the eggs a hog when he goes up. This is Wood's End bread, right? Like, as much as you don't want to take stuff from this guy, sometimes Merc. You really miss this hearty bread. It is not the kind of bread they make in other places. Yeah. I guess some things are good about being home. So, what do you guys want to do today? I will wake up. I will take the eggs that Merc offers me. And then I'm going to snuggle Lucan for five more minutes. <laughs> Done. <laughs> There's the title for the episode. Snuggle <laughs> Lucan. Five more minutes. <laughs> Five more minutes. <laughs> I would have thought you were trying to snuggle Zan, but here you are with the brother. Why would he snuggle me? Well, you two are always running off together. Mm-hmm. Friends can do that. Yeah. So can people with having trysts, too. <laughs> I'm a noble woman. I don't have trysts. Well, you would not be the first if you did. So, of things I would like to do today, I suppose 
going to the Keeper's Temple and speaking with the Monsignor there would be of the highest priority for me. You also mentioned these elven faces down here in the labyrinth. Are we looking at doing that? How would they help us? That's my concern. I don't know what they are. I, I couldn't tell you that until I know what they belong to. Do any of these people, do Cody know what they are? Cody, mine. Pelias? She'll ask for the yeah. bartender. Do you have any idea what these faces are in the maze? Well, you heard about the faces. No, we saw them. This is, well, my understanding is that the head, there's some sort of relic from an earlier time, but, you know, the boss has some sort of understanding about them that the rest of us don't. You know, we, we hand them the tokens, we tell them what, what we're told to tell them. But he seems to know a little something more about what they're for or what they do. But as far as he's concerned, he's chosen to understand them. Okay. Does it just affect the maze itself, or is there more to it? I don't pretend to know. Then I suppose I don't see any particular benefit that these faces grant us at this moment, in terms of cleansing the city, if that's what our plans are. I can care. The Monsignor could be important. He should be able to do spells like you, or the remove the curse thing that you did to my uncle. Right. I guess I was relapsed, but you have another thing, right? Yes. The restoration that I used on the Monsignor himself, he used the diamond dust to cleanse it from him. Well, as a Monsignor, would he have access to that? I would assume. Well, I don't know. I guess that's a pretty important ally. Another way to cleanse. But of all the other important people that Miles pointed out at the party last night, none of the rest of them were cursed. Not your father, not the leader of the Order of Law, not the Lightbearer Inquisitor. None of them were cursed. Only him. I guess it's just going to have to get messy. At a certain point, though, like even the Order of Law has to recognize that he is an agent of Nock. So we just have to reveal the darkness, whatever that creature is, in the basement of the church to them. Do we face it ourselves or do we go with an army of people? I think we don't know enough yet. All right. So what else do we need to look for? We need to find a way into that basement to scout it out. Maybe the keeper will know something else. All right. Are we all going? Well... I'm pretty sure there's not many men walking around in splint mail and two greatswords. So, perhaps I should forgo this one. Alright. So if a few people would like to come with me, they can. Are you just going to stay here, or is there something else you're going to do in the city? Wait, Sam, where are you going? <laughs> Hulk, what are you doing? <laughs> you smell like vanilla. Oh, thank you. When's the last time you bathed? Don't ask. <laughs> Zan is going to go to the Keeper's Temple. Would you like to be her uh, puppy dog and follow her? Oh, welcome. Good morning to you too, Merc. Jeez. <laughs> so what do you need to go there for? Well, the Monsignor I cleansed last night, he said he wanted to speak with me about the curse and everything that happened to him. Oh, He'd yeah, be a powerful yeah. ally for us to use to defeat Asher, I would hope. Yeah, I can go with. All right. Merc is going to stay here because of his attack last night. He's worried about being in the open and attacked by bounty hunters. And frankly, Excellent. I don't blame him. If we're doing that, 
that's perfect time for him and I to go check out those faces. Fine. She kind of looks to Merc and looks back to Hulk and just shrugs. <laughs> I suppose. Hulk is like that puppy-eyed, like... <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, what else are you going to do? Sit here and drink? Don't get me wrong, that's a plan. No, I'm not going to sit here and drink. Okay. Sit here. Faces it is. And whenever Relop wakes up, he'll tell you uh, which one he wants to go with. I am in him and he's snoring at the moment. Zan and Lucan follow the tunnels out, taking lefts and ending up in the watery mink. Logan is there behind the bar. Much like Peleus, he's sort of perpetually behind the bar, it seems. And you sort of step out into the cold morning air. You know that you're headed towards the Keeper's Temple, and you both know that that's clearly going to be next to the cathedral. Cathedral is unmistakable. You can find that from anywhere in the town because of the big wooden steeple pokes up above everything else that you see. Do you want to describe really quickly the the getup that you have, just so we get a a vision of what you're wearing? I know we've touched on it a little bit, but I think it might be nice to get a feel for these two walking around the town. So Lucan is wearing his big dingy cloak and just kind of some junky clothes. Has a sword hidden behind the cloak. But, uh, and then he's messy looking. Uh, Zan's in her fire's heart outfit. So she's got the duster purple coat. She's got the breastplate armor on, along with the masked helmet of Onyx for her alter ego while she's in Wood's End. So go through the town. Wood's End is a very prolific worker's town. There's constantly people working on things. It is industrial almost in a lot of ways. And as you go through, you know, you certainly get a few looks because of the surreal face mask on the Onyx helmet. But for the most part, people just sort of give you a quick look. They might give you a nod. Most of the time, that nod is almost a little bit nervous. Like they're afraid that if they don't nod at you, they're going to be confronted in some way. And because of the fact that you two have grown up around cathedrals, you know, you sort of have a feel for what this might look like, and you end up in the cathedral section of Wood's End. And it really, in a lot of ways, mirrors the Lucidum Cathedral Square. It looks a lot like Prince Holm in a lot of ways. Prince Holm is built on a hill, and you sort of work your way up. This is a little bit more flat, but for the most part, you know, you're looking at the clear cathedral, unmistakable in this town. It looks much like the architecture of Prince Alm or Lucidum, but it is wooden, sort of weird wood cabin version of the cathedral. And then next to it, there's a rather large warehousey building. It's a little bit circular, maybe more like an oval, I guess. And just the structure of it and the arched entryways let you know that it is the Keeper's Temple. In addition, there's another couple of buildings. One of them looks that it's probably the treasury, which has been pretty normal in your experience that they have something like that. And the other one you're not sure about, but you're pretty certain that this is the Keeper's Temple in front of you with these kind of arched entryways. And again, you know, Wood's End is very elaborate. They carve images and shapes and frescas into everything they they can. And so there's there's very few just like straight logs. It's commonly images of, of things. And this building 
happens to show lots of people sort of being brought from the depths of sickness. You know, laying low, and then if you sort of read to the right, you see them raise from the Keeper's help. So nobody's really bothered you other than a few odd looks, and you're standing in front of the Keeper's temple. Xander's kind of taking the image in of all those buildings together and the fact that they're made out of wood. She's very warily staring at the cathedral, knowing the darkness that's probably in there (laughs) and how eventually that's where they're going to have to go, but not right now. (laughs) Uh, Then she's going to look towards the Keeper's Temple and start making her way that direction. She'll give a quick look to Luke and just nod and then start marching forward. So you step in and you get the very familiar scent and it's really not something that is easily described but it's you know this smell of the salves people that have maybe been laying a little bit too long in one spot sour smell and there are several keepers working in this space there's a few sick people no more than six when you first walk in But you do notice a bunch of curtains along both sides, sectioning off a different place. Someone, a young woman, human, looks up and says, "Uh, May I help you? Are you in need of aid? Zane will kind of step forward and say, I'm here to speak to the leader of this temple. The Monsignor? She'll just nod. Um, may I tell him who's here to see him? Tell him it's his friend from the party last night. Eyebrows go up a little bit at that. She walks over and she pushes the curtain out of her way and walks into that space. And in a minute, you see this old man move the curtain out, kind of look out at you. There's a look of concern on his face. And he looks back behind him, looks forward, lifts his robes up a little bit as he walks. The young lady that had gone in sort of scurries out and moves towards a patient. And he says, um, hello, my my dear. Um, c- c- would you come with me? We, 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 we will talk um, maybe in the back if that's okay with you. She'll just nod once and look to Luke and then move forward. Okay. Luke, Luke are you coming too? This is uh, an associate? She'll just nod once. He looks at Lucan, assessing what he's seeing. You are, um, and he, he's looking for a word, and he stops, pulls the word out, and he says, are you close? She'll kind of look back to Luke and shrug a little bit and look forward to him and just nod again. Okay. And he sort of steps back through the curtain. You follow through this big sort of heavy woolen curtain. Out front, there were probably six people. When you step through the curtain... There's two dozen in this space, and they're pretty tightly packed, and many of them just look as though they're in pain. They're holding their sides, this grimace on their face, and he turns back and he says, I'm sorry, you're the woman from the party. So once we're in that room, these are just a bunch of patients that all look like they're in pain? Yes. Yeah, Zan will take the helmet off. And we'll look around at all of the people with just this look of concern on her face of what's happening here. And she'll look at everybody and try to assess what's going on. Are they merely injured? Are they just sick? What's going on? You could see open wounds on some of them. Lucana's going to go start walking over to him and start healing as much as possible. 
you try to heal the first one and it doesn't seem to respond to you the way you want it to. And he says, as you see, I don't know what part I played in this. Lip is kind of shaking and his eyes are watering up. And he says, I, something is happening here. There are wounds that we cannot heal. And you did this? And like a tear sort of rolls down his, the side of his face. And he says, I don't know. Do you remember anything? Do you write down logs or journals? I, there's, There are such things, but I, I haven't found anything that explains exactly. But we've got this wing. And this wing is full of people with wounds that will not heal. And again, tears suddenly roll from this old man's face. Beat up in his beard. And he says, I, I, I don't know what part I played in this but I know that it had to do with the darkness in the cathedral. Do you know if that darkness is always there? He kind of stops for a second and you see him furrowing his brow and he says, I've been here a very long time. My family is a woods end family. This was not here in my youth. This was not here in my middle age. This is something more recent. Do you know if it stays there though, since it's been around? Says that's my understanding, but I don't know that my memories are clear. Since last night, I've been remembering odd things, things that don't make sense. I feel like I'm a cause of some of this. His chest rises and then he just starts sobbing, puts his hand to his forehead. Lucan puts his hand on him to comfort him. He looks up at you in pale, cold eyes. I don't know what to do for these people. There's something evil afoot. That's what we're here trying to stop. Hopefully we can get it done. He says, I remember saying something about how the way the silver swords were being treated didn't make sense. In my days, I knew Miles Valin and I knew his son. I didn't believe what they were trying to say about him acting in ways that were self-fulfilling or narcissistic and then I remember being called to the cathedral and talking to the bishop and this sort of strange shadow and then I remember a party but in that time something's happened here and these people are suffering my closest associates tell me that that's happening in other places Prince Holm, Lucidum something is creating wounds that will not heal and I'm not sure what to do about it We've been looking into cures for it. The most recent information we have has something regarding with the elves. Apparently there's some ancient writings regarding them, regarding wounds that won't close. We're going to try to look into that, but first we have to cleanse the city of the taint that has been seeping through everything. You'll be happy to know that Miles Vlen has been cured just as you were. He was under the influence of this thing. We need to find out who else is and who we can remove the curse from so that we can try to fight against it. Lucan wants to make a perception test and see if anybody's listening in on this conversation suspiciously. Sure. Natural one. Perfect. On break. <laughs> you realize that Zan is listening closely. That I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's She's going to try to just convince him that she needs all the information she can for the sake of trying to fight this thing. Sure. Go ahead and roll your persuasion. 
Oh, sure. I hope he wouldn't be too hard to persuade. Having <laughs> <laughs> I mean, going through all the stuff that he went through. You want to roll some dice or roll throw, right? <laughs> I got a 17 total. He says, I'm willing to help in what ways I can. I Unfortunately, I feel like a powerless old man, but I'm certainly willing to help in whatever that means. I do have to wonder, because of the range of the sickness and the fact that there seems to be multiple people coming down with and more than just Wood's End, I'm wondering if that answer among the elves is something that help us. These people, if they could, and he puts his hand on a, there's a lady that's nearby and she's writhing in her pain and he puts his hand on her and at the very least she sort of stops for a second and takes a few deep breaths. We have people here that would be on our side easily if we could stop whatever this is. I don't know how long it would take to get this cure. If we go do that in the meantime, Asher can increase his power base. I don't know which to do first. We need to take out Asher because that could potentially take out Nock, which could potentially cure all this. Nock is the one who's telling them how to do these wounds. I don't think he himself is creating them. I don't think his defeat is going to remove all of this and she'll motion to all the people. In Lucidum, it was from attacks with magical weapons and daggers that caused these wounds during the attacks of Night's Day. Killing Nock isn't going to just magically heal these people. It'll help stop the spread, though. If we get rid of Asher, that's going to help out a lot in a lot of different ways. Yeah, she's just trying to think of which is going to be best. We can take Asher on with the few allies we can gather, or we can take him on with an army. Well, Relop teleported us into a dungeon. Maybe he can teleport us into a location where Asher is and we could surprise him. I have my doubts that that will work. We can try. But you don't you don't have doubts about this elf magic curing this stuff? I, I have doubts we, about that as well, but... That's why I think we focus on Asher first. We gotta knock this out. How long will these people live, do you think, Monsignor? He says, my people tell me, because I'm having trouble remembering, that it can be as short as a couple of days, or it can last for six months. Seems to be a dice roll. Do you think any part of the Keeper's Temple here has been corrupted by whatever that creature is? Or is Lucian's light still shining on this building? He kind of furrows his brow and he says, I think that I was the corruption. But I don't think that the building has been changed from what I can tell. Alright. You may think that you're old and useless, but you're not. You're an authority in this city and we may need that when the time comes. In the meantime, we'll try to figure out something to do to help these people, as well as everyone in Lucidum. Just be ready for a message from me when you can. All right? Yes, my dear. And she'll reach over and put her helmet back on. You don't have to call me dear, it's okay. <laughs> Surely you're joking. I'm not joking, don't call me Shirley. Uh, okay, so Phil, <laughs> I just wanted someone to finish the joke even ahead of so, yeah, I got put, it, I liked it. But, yeah, all right. You know, I got it, I just mute so much. You know? <laughs> so she'll put her helmet back on and with Luke, make they'll make their way out of the temple. Okay. Back at the Kilderkin tunnels, Relop has woken up. Merc has been corralled into the idea of looking for these heads again. I would like to pray 
at the, the fire hearth for guidance on how to avoid last night's confrontation, or at least an advantage in it. I think I'll be picking up the spell Heroism to add to my list. So from what I remember of talking to the bartenders, we need to have that coin that we use to get down here. We're supposed to show that coin to those faces. Maybe you could see if we could wrestle us up another coin. Well, I mean, we still have the one coin. Well, I gave it to Zan because they were leaving. How else are they going to get back down here? Well, all right, well, I'll go talk to the bartender, see if we can get a second coin. He kind of gives you a little bit of trouble, but he says, so uh, your lady friend brought the coin with her? Yeah. Fair. He slides his hand across the bar like he's got a, something under it. But he sort of stops and looks at you like he's waiting for something. Slide of hand. I'm only going to slide one gold piece under it. But I don't want him to see how much gold I'm sliding across to him. So just kind of sliding your own hand up next to his yep. in a way. Moves his hand out of the way and one of those tokens is there. It's got this water emblem at the top of it. Yeah, I'll just grab that and leave the one gold piece on the table. He kind of gives you a wink, pulls the gold piece, tosses it into his pouch. All right, we have the mystery of the coin solved. Let's go ahead and start looking for these faces. Sure. So you enter the tunnels underneath Wood's End. In standard fashion, it seems that you're always supposed to take lefts when you can. And this time around, you're almost to the point where you'd walk into the cellar of the watery mink and you're thinking like, okay, well, maybe we're not supposed to see these things again. And then there is a, again, Holg sees this. In this case, it's an imprint on the wall. It seems almost like a secret passage or something, right? Like this fake doorway. So at this point, each time you keep seeing these weird things that weren't there previously. Well, I think we're here. I'll yeah. start looking around to see if I can find like a hidden door or passage, anything. Yeah, you find this spot where everything's kind of stone or earth. And this part is stoned and you see this weird seam that doesn't seem to belong and you give it a push. It just shrinks away from you until there's a little gap between this fake door and the wall itself, which creates a little bit of a walkway along the wall. Off to the right, you see a little bit of light. And when you kind of peek over and look, the light is this recessed lights that are set into the walls. And you can see these carved faces kind of set along the way. We'll look back at the other two. Well, I think we found it. Let's, let's see what this coin does. And I'm going to just walk up. What was the last time we just waved it in front of them, right? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, follow him in the tunnel yeah i'll follow along so you can see that there are seven heads up to this point when you walk through you might see a single head here or there but in this case there's seven of them all in a row and they're pretty elaborately carved they're almost lifelike in a lot of ways just skillfully carved and it's clear that most of them are definitely elven which is something that you'd seen through tucker previously you do see one on the end that looks distinctively dwarven. So there's six elves and one dwarf along this wall. And when you hold the token up, it doesn't seem to make any giant reaction to it. Hmm. 
But the door that you came through does seem to shift itself back into place. You don't know if it has anything to do with the token, but the door you came into seems to lock itself back up. Go check each of the faces. I'm going to look for like any sort of like trigger mechanism or. Sure. Throw up investigation. Ooh. 28. You are pretty clear in the sense that there's just stone here. That you don't see anything beyond some sort of carved stone, maybe a little mortar, but you can't find any latches, springs, hinges. Hey, Relop, does anything appear magical in this area? Give me a second. Take the time to detect magic. I lean up against the wall opposite the faces and just watch them for now. You definitely get the impression that there's some sort of enchantment magic happening here. And you get just a touch of divination. It's not a, not a lot to work with. You don't get the impression that you could just dispel it or anything like that, but it's part of whatever these carvings are. Is there an individual enchantment on each of the faces, or is it over the all the faces in general? Each face individual. Seems to be some sort of enchantment on it. What about the dwarven face? Is it basically reading the same thing? Yep, same story. This tunnel does go on past the faces turns to the right but again you get more light coming from that direction and it's to the extent that you feel like there's maybe a larger chamber that direction i will continue down the hall i'm gonna go kind of like at a at a slower pace because i just want to make sure there's not like any trip wires or you know floor traps sure. or something like that yeah go ahead and roll your uh perception then 21 seems pretty clear as you go and you come to a space this chamber it's probably 50 by 50 maybe a little more and there are a few pillars four in fact equidistant throughout the room there's a couple of embellishments along the ceiling and there's a cat nestled up in one of the recesses at the top of the embellishments kind of like a tabby cat when you walk into the room, it sees you and focuses its eyes on you. And in common, you hear, Well, visitors, what brings you to the temple? The temple of whom? Or what? Squints its eyes a little bit at you and says, You don't know where you are? Only where I've been. I know my city was built on top of these ruins. We don't know of these ruins. That is why we're here. Hmm. Well, the faces might be willing to speak. What, what are you looking to know? What do they know about the darkness that's in the city above? As you ask that, it starts to convulse a little bit, and you get the, it, like, it, it looks like it's going to be sick, and it, like, kind of goes, oh! And it almost vomits something up. A mouse actually drops from it, hits the ground, and scurries off. Makes this disgusted look on its face and looks back at you and says, I'm sorry, I missed that part, last part. I was asking if what the faces knew about the uh, darkness above. That's not your uh, typical hairball there. Well, you have to ask the... The phases, I guess. It does it again. This other mouse sort of like flops out. This time he grabs the mouse by the tail, kind of whips it around a little bit, and then just gives it a toss. Uh, you okay there? Normally mice go and cats the other way. 
This has been a long time since I've seen anyone in these halls. Amuse me. And it moves itself. And you realize that it, you couldn't see it from the way it was tucked up there in the shadows, but it actually flies. It has wings. And so this winged cat, just house cat sized thing, kind of flies up in front of you and drops down, lands probably 30 feet from you. You give me some entertainment. And it kind of pukes up another mouth. <laughs> And I'll give you access to the heads. Entertainment. Well, and it, you want to hear a joke? Certainly. So why did the Scarecrow win an award? Why did the Scarecrow win an award? Yeah. Why? He was outstanding in his field. He acts up another mouse. <laughs> and this mouse comes out and sort of scurries away from him. Fair. Are you ready? I am. This little house cat, again, is sort of standing in front of you, acting like it's like ready for you to be on guard. And suddenly something shimmers in the air. The three of you see the room around you just become huge, moves away from you into darkness. And the cat in front of you, and again, he's not terribly close, suddenly is this huge figure on the horizon and somehow or other he has shrunken you into mouse size roll your initiative so relop you see this giant cat dragon sized at this point because of the fact that you shrank where you were you're actually a good 80 feet from each other the cat himself is probably about 100 feet away I'll start converging on it I think I got a 25 foot move. And while I do that, mutter something under my breath and cast Crown of Stars. And then, uh, yeah, I'll just use one of my bonus actions to launch one over to him. Ooh, natural 20. Gotcha. So this Crown of Stars appears over Relapse head. And is it as a bonus action you send one off? Yeah, 48 points. Nice. All right. So this little crown of stars appears around Relapse's head, and one of the stars sort of shoots his direction, becomes this beam of light in a sense, and then strikes the cat. It rears back. Its wings move up, flail up above it as it gets struck with this radiant damage. Just as that happens, too, you notice that some of the mice that he's been barfing up start running your direction. They're about your size at this point. You know, they're probably medium sized. And you see these mice coming your way as well. I mean, not just three lot, but like a good four coming from different directions ahead of you. First turn. I yell, group up, and I start running towards Relop. Okay. And I will dash. Half the distance to him. All right. Hulk's turn. All right. So I just need to group up with Relop. So the same story, about 120 feet from you. Okay. I get there. <laughs> If I do a run action and then my rogue uh, bonus action, I can dash as well. Okay. So 120, so I'm, I'm next to Relap. Nice. Out of nowhere, here comes this hog jumping up in your way. So the cat's turn. Everybody make a wisdom saving throw. So basically what it's letting off this large hissing sound. Well, that's a nope. 13. Uh, no, I failed. Wow. All right. So everybody has disadvantage. You're basically frightened. He lets off this kind of, it's really a meow, but it comes off because you're so tiny as a big kind of a roar. 
and everybody's frightened, which means you have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls for the time being. And then at the end of your turn, you can make another save. The mice are going to be within melee range of you next turn. So we're back up to Relot. I'll just keep advancing on Cat, and I'm going to cast Mirror Image on myself. Chuck another star at him. 23? Yeah, 23 will hit. That's nice. 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 18 (coughs) points of damage. All right, again, this R flies from the crown above the head of Relop, bursts into a beam of light, and strikes this cat. And you could literally see where it singed the fur of this large tabby. Merc, it's your turn. Hey, so you remember how I took that spell of heroism? Uh Uh-huh. I would like to cast that out upon myself at this point and remove the fear condition. Nice. Uh, And then I'll move 30 feet closer. Oh, crud, I forgot to roll my saving throw on the... Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. 18? Yes, 18 shakes it. Nice. All right, Hulk's turn. All right, so I'm still afraid. Continue to be around Relop and... I'm going to take a defensive action. Okay. Just give disadvantage in case something comes in at you. Mm-hmm. And wisdom save. And wisdom save. Yep, yep, take it. I'm still afeard. Mm. I got a six. Okay. The cat goes ahead and raises its wings and glides itself over, sort of glides itself in. And it's going to kind of jump in on where Relop and Holgar. And it's going to bat its paws at you. It's going to focus specifically on Relop. Okay. All right. So one of them doesn't roll well enough. He kind of bats at you. It doesn't do any damage. But the other one's going to give something here. Mirror image soaks it. Okay. So he knocks one of those images out. Then these giant rats come in. There are four of them. They're not as discerning. They're just going to swing two at Holg and two at Relop. Relop, one of them is going to hit you with its claws. Kind of comes in and wipes at you. The other one misses. Just sort uh, of step out of the way. Mirror image sucked that one as well. Okay. And does yep. that leave you with one? Is this, yeah, is I got one works? left. Yep. Okay. And then Holg, two of them are going to swing at you. One of them is going to hit. Okay. I will do the uncanny dodge on that. That is seven points of damage. That's the half. Okay. So seven slashing damage as this big mice comes in with its claws. And then that's their turn. So we go back to the top. So we're back actually to relop. Are they all within 30 feet of each other? Oh, <laughs> uh, they are, yeah, because cone would be pretty sure, sure. great right now. Yep. Okay, I'm going to pull out a piece of amber and a few silver pins, mutter something under my breath, and cast chain lightning. So they all need to make a dex 18 saving throw. The cat is going to make that, but they, all of the mice do not. Oh my goodness, okay. This is now my favorite spell. Anyone that failed takes 66 points of damage then the uh, main cat takes 33 and then i'm gonna um, use a bonus action to to throw one of the crown of stars at the cat that's a spell man Ooh. 16 that actually misses okay all right so yeah again the star kind of goes astray but this lightning jolts out from relop and just kind of bounces all through kind of lights the room up in a sense and the mice all keel up, you know, their legs shiver above them and they die in front of you. 
then the cat still obviously it rears up its hairs stick up straight on its back but it is still above you and Merc it's your turn alright can I get to the cat this turn with 30 feet of movement yes I am going to do that swing back and do like a very telegraph swing to get as much power behind it as I can so it will be a great weapon attack does a 21 hit yes make it a golding attack he owes me a dc 17 wisdom save if he fails he has to uh, attack me or has this advantage for the next round succeed in that he seems to turn at you shows his teeth 35 points of damage on that take my second attack and essentially do the same thing the great sword just swinging and this cat who's been playing with them is suddenly rearing up that one will mess that means it's Hulk's turn. Can I see? Is Hulk still afraid? Make a perception test. 18. Yeah, he definitely doesn't look right. There's a look on his face that you don't see very often. Action surge. Reach over, cast. Heroism on him. All right. So, Hulk, you feel a hand on your shoulder. And it is very reassuring. And you're suddenly not as worried about this giant cat. It goes from looking like a giant lion to a cat, effectively. All right. You get one temporary hit point, too. Oh, joy. Plus that. (laughs) You laugh now. You're going to need it. Right. (laughs) So my turn then. I'm ready to get into this now. Go help Merc out. We'll take a stab at that cat. That is AC 29. That'll hit. Sharp stab for 38 points of damage. Offhand with Toreador's Malice. 26. That'll hit. For one point of damage, and then he has to do a constitution saving throw. DC 15. Roll to 17. All right. Meow. Is its turn. It's going to respond to Hulk there. And. Disadvantage. Holy cow. I literally rolled a 20 and then a 1 on the disadvantage. <laughs> All right. So paws come in, and again, just sort of batting at you. Merc steps in and swings at the paw that's coming in at you, and it scares it away. You know, this paw darts back as it's coming down. We're back up to relop. We my fingers together and mutter something under my breath and cast uh, Scorching Ray at fifth level. Okay, so 14, I take it, doesn't hit. It is not. 31. Yep. 26 and 31. Natural 20, and then Ooh. 29. All right. It sounds like you missed one. Otherwise, yeah. the rest are hit. Okay. So and one's a crit. 46 points of damage, and then I'm going to do bonus action, Crown of Stars. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the Scorching Rays come in, and again, one of them kind of corkscrews off. The other ones hit this thing as it's hissing and screaming as it gets hit, and this light comes off of this crown and heads that direction and kind of misses but then this one stray corkscrew comes in and hits bounces it back and when that happens it lets out its own scream it sounds a lot like the one that made everybody a little bit fearful at first but when it does that it's almost like you see the air shimmering in front of you like heat or something in the air but when it comes your direction it corrects you and so you just suddenly grow back to your normal size the cat shrinks back up and the room looks normal again and when that happens the cat darts backwards just this big jump with its wings flying backwards it says that was fun thank you 
and hacks up another mouth, goes running off. Are you okay? So I appreciate the sport. You were asking about the heads, correct? Yes. What do they know about the darkness above? Ask them. Do they speak common? Aren't the human language? That is a good question. I know that they speak elven, but they will also speak to their friends, the dwarves. Do you speak that? <laughs> I speak the dwarf kind of language, the, the hybrid language. Do they speak that? I know not of the hybrid language. Hmm. Well, I'll give it a try. If not, I'm a friend's here to help me out. Approach the closest face and using the dwarfkin language. Hell, I am mercenary. I'm looking for information. Speaking to just one of the elven heads. Yeah. Are there any dwarfs in this bigger room? There's six elven heads and one that looks dwarven. Oh, okay. I'll go talk to the dwarven one because better odds. Out of the three of you, is there anybody that speaks elven or dwarven? Like Not actual me. dwarven? Speak Sylvan. Mark kind of talks a little bit. Relop tries a little bit, and it's, it's a little bit frustrating. You know, the, the twins would be able to speak to these heads if they're speaking Elven. But because of the cat, even though it fought you through, it seems to be interested in you. And it says, you're welcome to look beyond if you're interested. What is beyond? Rooms that should be helpful. Well, Hog... Do you think curiosity is going to kill this cat, or should we go check out the rooms? Won't know till we find out. Lead the way. So there's a doorway beyond. You, know, you check for traps, you check for locks and things, and there's this cat has some sort of control over the place because when you first get to the door, it's locked. As soon as the cat looks at it and gives you a nod, it's not anymore. And Relop, you're reminded a little bit of the temple cat in the Vanifer Tower you know, you've seen something like this before. This seems to be a thing. Temple cats. You're led into the next space. It's this large circular room, and it looks like a little bit of a ruin in a lot of ways. But there is a mirror on the far end of the room, which seems to have a little bit of a shimmer to it. Doesn't look exactly mundane. Relop, you think that there's some sort of pattern. I mean, almost immediately you see there's some sort of pattern in the floor. Go ahead and make an arcana check. 23. You are pretty certain that you are standing in a room that was once set up for a teleportation circle. It's a little bit ruined and overgrown. If you were to use mending spell, you could basically spend maybe a 20 minute period fixing little spots here and there. Between mending and your arcane knowledge, you could correct this circle. You could restore it. And in doing so, you actually find that there's some symbols that you could reuse so that you could use this as a teleportation circle. Yeah, I'll definitely be doing that while Mark and Hold check the rest of the room. Mark and Hold, you looking around a little bit? Scour around the room, see what I can find. Go stand in front of the mirror and check that out. The mirror itself has a hazy image, and again, you remember seeing a mirror that had this elven woodland look to it from the, the bedlam in Rontaman. Something sort of mystical to it, and you feel like it's a little bit beyond your skills, but it's familiar enough to where you might say like, Hey, Relop, is this something you're interested in? He seems a little busy. <laughs> Go ahead and make a religion check, anybody that wants to. 
15. You think this might have been some sort of space for a god of nature? You're not 100% sure if you could name that god of nature. You know, one of the fallen gods. But there's a definite motif going on. Leaves and twigs and branches and flowers and things sort of work into different carvings. That's actually very interesting. Brielop, are you going to go ahead and do some mending and start working through that process? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll keep working on that. So you see that he walks around and you, there are lines that are broken from things like erosion and just a ruined room for different purposes. Stones have sort of fallen, locked their place and crashed below. And he seems to be kind of fixing the room up sort of bit by bit, just piece by piece. He's doing this mending cantrip. Before you know it, you have this circle in front of you in which Relop seems interested in paying attention to these symbols that are set up with it. Once I finish mending the circle, I'll take a look at what Mark said that I was supposed to be looking at something. Yeah, you should take a look at this mirror. I think Holg was like expecting the room while you were doing that too, though. Okay, get uh, detect magic cast out on that mirror. So the mirror is definitely a scrying mirror. I mean, it's it's huge. It's not something portable where you'd walk away with it. Set in this place but you could definitely scry through it. It also seems to have some sort of magics in which you're not 100% sure where it lands, but it's maybe divination, but it's the idea is you're able to maybe get images from some elven place. Do I recognize the architecture at all? or It's really just sort of a, a place. You have to look really closely, but you can see that there's some sort of architecture worked into the skyline. Most people that looked at it would just be like, well, that's that's just a forest. But as you look closely and you're kind of thinking about things and you recognize that there's some sort of buildings or domiciles built into the trees. And it reminds you a lot of your vague memories of the Elven Queen when you were a kid. So around that time, Lucan and Zan have come back from their errands. And in the tunnels, you two get a little bit lost. You've always just taken lefts, and for whatever reason, this time something seems off. You keep walking and walking and walking, and you can't figure out why you can't make your way out of this space. We took lefts, right? <laughs> She's kind of looking around. Yeah, something seems off. If they're investigating those faces, it might have screwed the whole thing up. We have the coin, though, don't we? And she'll reach into her pocket and pull out the coin and look at it and try to see, make sure that it's working as we're moving our way through the maze. Yeah, you, you feel like you're going to run into one of those faces, right, that direct you in certain ways, let you continue on in that leftward manner, and it doesn't seem to be happening. All right. I mean, she doesn't want to backtrack. She's going to want to keep moving forward if she can, but we can't see a face anywhere. There's nowhere else to go. Can you do a sending and talk to the group? Tell them we're lost. Sure. Yeah, no problem. And she'll start casting sending and attempt to send to, uh, we'll say mercenary. Merc, this is Zan. We're in the maze, but it's not working. We seem to be lost. What's going on? We're talking to an orange cat, and there's a magic mirror. Oh, we found a teleportation circle. <laughs> Zan will relate all that information to Lucan and go, he didn't really tell me how to get to him, but <laughs> <laughs> they were doing something. I don't know. Can you send him again? Talking to my group, I'll be like, I think the twins are lost. We have a, a way to fetch him here. I mean, I could leave some bread clams, but I don't know if that's going to do us any good. Well, if you could find them and leave the bread clams to here, that would work. Any ideas, yeah. Relop? I don't have anything at the moment. Can we backtrack 
to the entrance. Can you message them? Do you have sending like Zan does? I can try sending a message and see if it reaches them. I'll uh, pull out my copper wire and send a message over to Lucom. Trick to think about messages, I think you have to kind of have an idea of where they are. Yeah, I, and I don't, so I'm just kind of blindly pointing sure. in the general direction. So He's just like doing like a 360. Yeah. Casting it. Yep, that, that's pretty much what I'm doing. So you kind of go back to the entrance as you're kind of walking around talking to this wire these stone faces you're, you're like okay there's supposed to be something special but like nothing has happened here and when you get close to the entrance relop you almost feel like it's hard to explain exactly but like you feel a pull like gravity almost but it's to your side and when you feel that you hear a little bit of a grinding noise and Zan and Lucan while you're standing in this hallway and it looks completely nondescript. There's nothing happening in here. You're using the light of your swords to get through in a sense and a little passage opens for you, pushes back and there's a little tunnel off to the side. Zan kind of look at Lucan and just shrug and <laughs> make her way into it. He shrugs and make his way into it as well. <laughs> and there's a wall of elven faces. You can see Relop standing there. The other two are standing a little bit behind him. And then to one side, there's a uh, dwarven face. All these stone faces. Here's the rest of your party. What's going on, guys? Got a bunch of faces that we're trying to two and two together about. Yeah. Apparently they speak elven. And I think, Zan, you speak elven, right? Lucan and I both do. Okay. Do I talk to them? How does this work? Well, because... I didn't get didn't get it to work, so uh, I guess just try speaking to them in Elven. You two, by the way, noticed that there's a cat with wings perched up on one of the beams. There's kind of embellishments along the walls, and you could see this thing looking down at you too. And what the hell is that? The orange cat. Don't worry about him. All right. But yeah, these faces—they might know something. She'll walk over to the elven faces and say, greeting. Make a charisma saving throw. Ooh, I'm proficient in those. Plus, Silly clerics. Pluses around me. Oh, yeah. You, or for plus three. So I've got a 28. You say something, you know, greeting an elven. And very formal thinking, well, you know, this is not <laughs> yep. a time to be like, hey, what's up, dude? Nope. And so you let this out and one of them... It's kind of the third one over. Remember that there are six elves and there's one dwarf. And so the middle elf responds. You've seen a few talking faces down here, so it's nothing earth shattering. But it does kind of come to life. And it says in Elven, are you a friend? Uh, yes. Proof to my bearded friend, please. I'm sorry, I don't understand. What? Please offer proof that you are a friend to Lucan my bearded friend. There's only one bearded face, right? The dwarven face. Lucan takes out Knight's Fall and presents it to him. Doesn't seem to respond. What are you doing, Lacan? Just trying something. Sort of holding the sword out, hoping that that's some sort of key. Yep. Zane will turn to the rest of the group and say, he wants proof of friendship from the bearded face? I'm assuming that means this one, and she'll move her way over to the dwarf face and look at it. The coins, maybe? Give it a, the tokens? Give it a token to eat. Oh, sure. And she'll pull the token out and hold it in front of the bearded face. 
just stone doesn't respond she'll press the stone to like its head <laughs> give it a hug that's <laughs> it it's a face <laughs> you can't hug you can, a face you can, you can hug a face <laughs> Relop, do you yep. know the language of the dwarves uh, I do can you Maybe. tell him we were his friends or at least ask him what he wants for proof I walk up to the dwarven face and these elves are looking for proof of friendship from the bearded one again no response Lucan takes his harmonica out and starts to play a song in Celestial. <laughs> Does that do anything? Nope. I don't think with our Lucite based, they're actually elven. Specifically a dwarven one. Stand in front of the dwarven one. And a dwarven can speech. I don't know what you want for proof of friendship, but I do admire the armor that your people have wrought. It says something back to you, Merc. You know, maybe the word armor does respond. It animates, much like the elf did, but it says the one word that you recognize, and you're not even sure why you would, you know, maybe it's just a cognate, happens to be a similar sounding word, token. There's some sort of token you're supposed to show it, and apparently it's not the coin that you showed. Do we have one that has a dwarf on it? Uh, I don't know. Does anybody have some dwarven coin or token at all? Zan's eyes will go wide and she'll dive into her satchel, rustling around and attempt to pull out the brooch that she got from Bishop Card. And she'll hold that in front of the dwarf face. Dwarf kind of zones in on you and says, Hello, friend. Thank you for listening to this episode of D4 on the Floor. Please check out our D4 on the Floor website at d4onthefloor.com. That's the letter D, the number four, onthefloor.com for more great gaming content. Nice. <laughs> I solved it eventually. Good job, Lance. Hey, I had to look through my <laughs> equipment real fast. <laughs> While everybody was trying 30 different things, I was like, <laughs> come on, D&D nice. Beyond, scroll. Good job, guys. You stay here, Craig. Yeah, Craig. You elusive links. Everybody talk fast tonight. So we can get the <laughs> session in. All right, okay, right. let's go. I roll. All, All right, right, going All on right. mute. Go. Still good. Okay. All right, I'm going to use the restroom and then we'll, I'll do the opener. Oh, criminy's sake. That's the opposite of going fast. Craig's <laughs> oh. got a bell I, on us. You scared me. I was like, I, I thought it just disappeared on us. Almost made him pee his pants. Pee the laugh right out of him. So close. I don't want to get the HBO lawyers all up in my butt. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Somebody's clinking drinks or something. Oh, I thought I was on mute. <laughs> that's my job. My <laughs> job. <laughs> Brian's got a cocktail party going on. It's He's whoop. drilling something, too. What? I thought you're I was still, on mute again. You go to mute and then you come right back off of mute again. <laughs> he's got a marker sure machine right next to him and he's just blending ice. <laughs> next, <laughs> next, and then the next, the next shot needs to be like we hear a chainsaw. And he's like, what? I thought I was muted. It just gets weirder and weirder. Weird animal sounds. What? I thought I was muted. Is that a bone saw? <laughs> <laughs> Meow. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs>
Well, I'm glad I glad I got that all out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the middle of the podcast, we just stopped talking. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> this doesn't bode well for Brian's engagement tonight. He's like doing housework. <laughs> But I do like the fact that if the idea of him making like margaritas right next to the podcast is really funny. Can I up another picture real quick? Listen, listen. <laughs> did it go bad? More tequila. <laughs> Salt that listen, rim. You should know Brian better than, than that. He's making Moscow mules. <laughs> but that doesn't need a blender. Oh, that's awesome. So, John, we have at this point started a country. Okay. And murdered another country. You missed out on a couple things. <laughs> but right. that's all right. We recorded it. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> now you're going to have to tone down all the scenarios down in the faces because it's not all of us. It's just a few of us. Yep. 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 You got to level all, all down. Do I'm getting fly. better at that. I don't care if they die. <laughs> it's we'll thing. be fine. I don't care if they die. <laughs> I've I've basically turned on the TPK. <laughs> long time ago, I flipped on my Shadowrun switch, and I was like, "All right, I don't have to do it in Shadowrun. We're gonna modify D and D to make it work." <laughs> like, let's you know, if hit points need to change, that's what happens. Yeah. If if they need a weird thing, that's what happens. No, apparently, don't shift it. Just let them die. That's what Brian says. So <laughs> it'll make your life easier. Let's keep going. Titans suck. Pickles rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> but I do just have it. So you well, you can cast it. It's just not effective. It's easy to resist. Right. Um, I have a spell save DC. <laughs> as it's eight, but you know. As everyone does. Yeah. However. Sure. Let's do it tonight. <laughs> do what tonight brian take out your brother no i just it, think i think it it's taking 40 i don't know if we have that kind of time like arby's <laughs> arby's yeah take him out just so he can get some of that meat that meaty goodness in his mouth mm. jesus mm, i don't think that's uh they got real sexual how you want to word that it did it really did